Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down and take a deeper look into this week's teaching. Well, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take. Today, unofficially sponsored by Latin Food Coffee. It, it is great coffee. If you are in need of some coffee and you want something a little sweeter, something you may not be able to drink for an hour, if you're <laughs> yeah. really in a hurry, Latin Food Coffee is your spot. It is. It, it's definitely some of the best coffee in Monroe. Well, I guess it's in West Monroe. So, I mean, in the area. In, 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 the, in the Twin in City. In the Twin City area. I mean, this is. is not the first time we've referenced this coffee on the podcast. This is probably... Yeah, I would say, look, if you, if you like coffee, I'd go try it. It is super hot. And if you drink it, like I, I'm reading the top, it says, caution may be hot, sit with care. That's true. Like It should just say, hey, caution, <laughs> don't drink this for a little while. Yeah. I, we we left it, oof. what, it's, at the time of recording it, it's 2.15, we went to lunch at we got about to, noon. Yeah, and it's still still pretty warm. Yeah, and uh, it's good though. It's good. Uh, so again, thanks Latin Foods for unofficially sponsoring us with your coffee, but also eat there. It's good. It is good. It's really good. James, how are you? I'm good, man. That's good. That's really good. You had a good day so far. It was a good day so far. So anything interesting? You did you run this morning? Did you do anything? I didn't. For some reason, my alarm didn't go off this morning. Like it went off, but it didn't go off in time to get up and work out. So just strange. It was Chapel. He just wanted you to sleep. In a <laughs> he bit must longer. have. Yeah. What a what a caring what a caring son yep, he is. He must have. Man. Well, dude, uh, jumping into some questions from this week. Um, I think we've all probably heard this passage before. We've all heard this passage preached. We've seen the evangelistic route, and you, you kind of said Sunday, like evangelistic, maybe inward focusing, but this week we looked at the importance of Jesus in this passage, and we went and ate with the, the mosses after church Sunday, and that's one thing that we talked about was it wasn't anything I'd heard before, but it's also something I probably should have just known, like, hey, no, Jesus is the most important part of this story. Why was it so important for you to show us that and pull that out that while these other things are good and we need to see these as, as good pushes— why is it good to start? Why should we start with the the base layer of Jesus is the biggest player in the story? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think just in general, you know, what's at the road to Emmaus, you know, Jesus takes, especially the Old Testament, and says, like, all of this is about me, you know? And so I think that's, I, I think that's one of the things, especially when we're getting, and just I think in Scripture in general, and then especially when we get to the New Testament and the Gospels of realizing, like, first and foremost, like, what is this telling us about Jesus? And so I think this passage, that was kind of when I was reading through it, was like, all right, this, yes, it does have evangelistic push to it. Yes, it does talk about faith. Like all these things are, are important, I think, aspects of the story and that we've all heard before. But I, it was just when I was reading through it, I'm like, you know, the point of this passage is is Jesus and his, what he came to do to forgive sin. Obviously, the, the healing aspect too of it, of the physical healing, but it's like the center point of this story is Jesus. Um and so I think it's important for us to, see, you know, I, to me that was just kind of like, man, like we need to see that that point more than any other point is to see Jesus, who he is, what he has come to do, and why he is the only thing that can really meet our greatest need. And so, um, and I think that's just important, just in general. I hope, you know, I heard I've heard somebody um, say, obviously, you know, the hero of every sermon is Jesus, and so everything in in this should be pointing us to Jesus. Um, and so I think it was, it was a good reminder. It was good, good for me to be, you know, I've heard this passage preached a lot and, um, 
and not that the other ways are, are different ways of applying it, but I, I think first and foremost we have to start with Jesus, you know, in it. So absolutely, and and that was the the sermon title was your greatest need, and so we pulled that out. Why is it so hard to see that our spiritual need is our greatest need? Well, I think for a lot of us, probably our physical need um, seems very well. Not it doesn't seem real. It is real, and it's very in our face. It's very you know, like let's say the paralytic. I mean, he's very aware of his physical need. You know, I mean, he's paralyzed. And so I think for a lot of us, a lot of our needs and the things that we experience and pain and the things that we would say we need or our greatest needs relationally or, or what, whatever it is, I think the thing, the physical th- aspect inside of it is, is because it's very real, it's tangible, we can see it, all this kind of stuff. And I, and I also think, just going back what, to last week of realizing how everything's spiritual, and there's spiritual forces at work of, you know, what we read, I think it was in Second Corinthians um, I think four, where it says that, you know, the God of this world has blinded their eyes from seeing the light of the gospel and seeing their need for Jesus. And so I think a lot of it is just spiritual warfare of, like, not really recognizing and perceiving our our needs and seeing that the greatest need that we all have is a spiritual one, not a physical one. And it's hard because physical things are right in our face and they seem very apparent and uh, you know, are very much right where we are. But, you know, I think it's just, I mean, even you see this, that was kind of the thing that really stuck out to me in this passage was, I mean, this guy had a legitimate physical need, um, but Jesus first and foremost addresses the most important need, and that's his spiritual need and his need for Jesus and his need to be made right with God and his sins forgiven. And so I think there is a difficulty in for a lot of us that we, because of this world, because of spiritual forces, because of so many things that we just don't we don't see our our spiritual need you know or, or maybe we just don't see it as a is i mean it's, it's a need but we don't see it as like this is the greatest thing we really need in our life how do we practically get to that point where we see that our spiritual need is our greatest need well i think it's it's a it's a it's by the grace of god that it happens you know and i think it's it's by the power of the holy spirit convicting us rec- helping us to see our need, and I think that ultimately, I mean, it's something that God has to do to help us to get to the point that we see our spiritual need. And we referenced it even um, in the sermon. I think, we, and when we walked through the Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are spiritually bankrupt. And so, I need something besides just myself to help me see that I really am morally, spiritually bankrupt, and I am in desperate need of a Savior to save me and rescue me. And really, I. That only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit opening up my eyes and heart to see, to see my need and great need for Jesus. And so I think that should be a lot of our, you know, as we, even as we talked about evangelism, all those kind of things of like praying, the Holy Spirit moves and works in people's life to help people see their need for Jesus. And so I think just practically, I mean, I think that's where it starts is ultimately it's a work of God to get us to the place to see that we need Jesus, and all that happens differently for everybody. You know, there's some people, they literally hit rock bottom, like physically, like there's other people where it was just, they heard a sermon, and man, it's just their, you know, the Lord opened up their eyes to see, man, I need Jesus, and I am a sinner, you know, and so it happens at different places, different times. Some people are just reading the Bible. They're not even hearing a sermon, you know, so it happens at different times just to show the Holy Spirit moves and works in a lot of different ways to help us to see and and so I think practically that's how it, how it happens is that 
um, it's an act of God, you know, by his grace to help us to see that. Absolutely. Um, we talked about it a little Sunday. You, you brought it up. Um, it's really easy to just talk about stuff. Like I was in the yard the other day talking to my neighbor. The wind was blowing from the south. We live in West Monroe, not too far from the mill. So it just smelled like the mill. We talked about that for like 10 minutes. And then we just went our separate ways. Why is it so easy to talk about, you know, the weather or sports or politics? Maybe not politics right now, but like yeah. different things. Why is it so easy to talk about things that don't matter? And then whenever we feel like the conversation be, can be shifted to talk about um, Jesus or, or, or about the gospel, we kind of shy away from that. Why is it so easy to talk about one and so scary maybe or intimidating to talk about the other? And how do we make it where that can shift and it's, not so hard to talk about the gospel or Jesus or share Jesus with somebody else. I think one of the, one of the reasons is you know the gospel and talking about Jesus is offensive, um, and it, it um, you know I mean if you start talking about you know well sometimes we get heated when we talk about sports if we have different sports teams or different takes on things so I mean all of it can be there can be tension and no matter what we talk about but I think in a level that doesn't really change my life it doesn't really you know it's just small talk is whatever, but I think when you start bringing Jesus into the conversation, it's like, whoa, whoa. You know, similar if you bring politics in the situation, you know, in a conversation, you're like, whoa, you know, are we, we're going there. You know, is that, is that what we're doing? And just because I think Jesus is such a, um, when I say this, not that he's divisive, but that the conversation of that, like for some people get offended by it. You know, of course, I mean, when you talk about, you, you got to talk about sin. You Not that you're like, looking at people and saying, hey, you're a sinner, and, you know, I was, like, you know, shouting that. I would I would discourage that of, you know, just run up to somebody and, like, point them in their face and say they're a sinner. You know, I don't know if that's the best evangelistic tactic to do, but um, but I think just when you bring, like, I mean, and in, in just to show the power of Jesus and just the way, like, I mean, the moment you bring up Jesus in a conversation, it, I mean, the conversation changes, you know. And so I think because of that, and I think maybe in some level our fear of, all of us, of we don't want to make conversations weird. We don't want to offend people, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I think that's, you know, good. We, I mean, we, we want to, we don't want to offend people. We don't want to do that. But I mean, I don't know about for me, I, I think, would you ask about how we can make it easier? Yeah. Maybe how somewhat. can we get to that point where it's easier to share? I mean, this, this isn't super spiritual, I don't think, but probably just the more we do it, it we get more comfortable with it. And so, I mean, I think in the beginning, not that there's there's not a way for it to be awkward or a little weird. I think it just we just have to know it it will be. That's not bad, that's not wrong, but I think it's like it will be it will be weird, it will be, but I think the more we we do it, the more we step out in faith and realize that success isn't if they accept Jesus, you know, success is telling people about Jesus and and I think looking for opportunities and ways and conversations of how, how can I bring up Jesus, you know, because I think people naturally in conversations will bring up things of, you know, hurting the world or bring up, you know, and, and, or, you know, things that are going on in people's life and you can bring up prayer, you can bring up certain things to be able to kind of bridge that gap to be able to, you know, start talking about, about the Lord. And so, um, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means. Um, but I think that's just knowing, Hey, there may be a little weirdness there, but you know, I think the only way we can get past it is just by doing it. You said something that I think is, is really important. And I think it's something that will help. Um, I think, at times, whenever we were probably all growing up, you know, we were taught the Romans road. We were taught the, yeah. the way to, to evangelize and the way to do this. And I think if we leave the conversation without somebody giving their life to, to Jesus, it's like, 
I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that right. I messed up somewhere. I, I failed in this. Um, but you see, Paul said in First Corinthians, he said, "I planted, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth." And, and so, like you see, that different people do different things in people's lives. I mean, I even think about my salvation experience. It wasn't one person set me down, and, and and to the end of that conversation, I had to fully understand everything. It was I was ten years old, and and it was a kind of an accumulation of my life. And and so I think that that's another thing to look at going into those conversations of like. Could this person come to Jesus right now? Absolutely. But there's a possibility where I can just share Jesus with them, and I don't know the rest of their story. I don't know where this can take them, but I have to be faithful at least to share Jesus. Um, do you have any thoughts on these? No, no, I, th- I think that's good because I think different or, or even like any time that I've – if I've had the opportunity to sit down and share Christ with somebody and they've received Jesus, like I always have to be reminded of like there's probably been a lot of other conversations Absolutely. that have led to this one. Um or just to know about somebody else who shared Jesus may not have been able to have the experience that I had of to see them actually make that decision and and pray and receive Christ. But then, um, on the flip side, I mean, you know, if as as you or whoever it is, we share Christ with someone else. Of, you know, they may not receive Christ that day. We don't know the seeds that are being planted. We don't know when that will, you know, God will open up their eyes to see their need for Jesus and the way the Holy Spirit moves in their life. It could be right then in that moment. It it may not be, and so. Really, that's not up to us, you know, um, and I think that's one of the things. Maybe, and I have to be reminded of, maybe for all of us, is just not place so much pressure on ourselves, you know, um, to be like, hey, let, we just want to be faithful to do what God's called us to do, to share Jesus, to talk about Jesus, to lead people to Jesus, and it's Jesus who saves, it's Jesus who moves, and so um, we just, we're just we just faithful to do that, you know. Absolutely. Um, now moving into the last question, um, the the know your pastor portion of the podcast, Pastor James. If you had a, a paid weekend getaway, leave on a Thursday, get back Sunday. You don't have to preach that Sunday. You don't have to rush back to preach. Where would you go, and why? Obviously, you're bringing Kirsten. You can bring the kids if you want to. This is all. This is your thing. Not saying that you're bad or not bad. I heard somebody say they were like, "Hey, when you bring your kids, that's just called a trip. <laughs> if it's just you and your wife, that's called a vacation." You know, so <laughs> so vacation so vaca- trip, vacation, okay, vacation for yeah. sure. Is uh, is this pre-COVID or? I mean, perfect world. Oh yeah, no COVID. No, no COVID, perfect world. You can just travel or anywhere. Go wherever you want to go. And we got a weekend. Uh, Just to let you know, as he's thinking, I'm going to give him a second to think. He has no idea what these last questions will ever be. They they hit him kind of spur of the moment. I will say, if we ever do this in front of a live studio audience, you're in for a treat. Because it's fun to watch him squirm for a minute. Last week he knew for sure which Batman he'd want to be. But, yeah. so, no COVID, vacation, all's paid for. Where are y'all going and why? I mean... I would say, like I, I think, and I can't speak for Kirsten. She may, she may want to chime in. She's not here to chime in, but I mean, just gut reaction is. I mean, I, I would, we would go to New York, probably New York City. So, I what think. would you do while you're in New York? Well, Prince ho- Street Pizza. Yeah, we'd definitely go there. Um, I mean, we would uh, hopefully go to some shows. Those are always fun to go to, and we just had fun last time we went. I think it, we went two or three years ago, and um. And we just went similar, just kind of for like a Thursday through Sunday type deal, and 
it was fun. We just walked around, you know, just went to Central Park, and I mean, we just had fun walking around and uh, went to some shows, and so, um, or like I don't know, going somewhere like that. I mean, I you know, that's not everybody. You know, somebody would may really go camping or may do different things, but I mean, Kirsten and I we really like going to kind of a big city and just exploring, eating good food, and just walking, hanging out. So we would probably do that. I mean, she may be like, no, we're doing something different, but I want to go kayaking down the. Rio Grande, I don't know, something out of the list. We did, we have talked about, I mean, we would like to go to the Grand Canyons. That would be awesome to see Grand Canyons and go that way. Um, Head west, young man. Yeah, but anyway, no telling. Yeah, it's beautiful I mean, I think it's a good thought to think about of it'd be nice just to like not have to worry about COVID and you just Mm -hmm. go anywhere. You know what I mean? What a time. What a time. So <laughs> Absolutely. maybe we'll, we'll get back there so that things, you know, because I think that's, you know, going places and all that kind of stuff is, is always fun. So New York or possibly Westward, Grand Canyon, maybe something like that. Yeah, maybe. All right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't be paying for the trip, but I mean, good okay, to know. Okay, I didn't good know if you were sponsoring it. <laughs> Latin food might. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, well, man, thank you for sitting down and answering some questions um, from this week's sermon, man, to, to, to show us that our greatest need is Jesus, um, even after we've come to know the Lord, that, that our greatest need is still Jesus. So, uh, man, thanks for sitting down and answering some questions, and thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Take.